believe that you can build an amazing life of significance by serving fewer, wealthier clients extremely well. We also believe you can do it faster and with less effort than you ever thought possible. Let us show you how to race up the hierarchy of advisor success. Welcome to the Preeminent Financial Advisor Podcast. I'm Paul Lofties at CEG Worldwide and at CEG, the number one coaching firm for financial advisors. We believe you can build and have an amazing life of significance by serving fewer but wealthier clients and doing it extremely well. CEG Worldwide is a coaching firm that helps financial advisors accelerate their success and build simple yet elegant wealth management businesses that are indispensable to the right affluent clients. And I'm Catherine McBreen from CEG Insights. CEG Insights was born of a strategic fusion of two industry powerhouses, Spectrum Group, a leader in affluent investor research, and the research team of CEG Worldwide, the number one coach for financial advisors. With over 20 years of affluent investor research and extensive coaching experience, CEG Insights empowers senior executives to engage with financial advisors, sharing insights and actionable steps for sustainable organic growth. Well, hello and a great big welcome to all of you out there in this episode of the Preeminent Advisor podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the influence of one's net worth and how they define success and what's important to them. I'm your co-host for today's podcast, Paul Lofties. And I'm the other co-host, Kathy McBreen. It's nice to see everybody. Well, as a reminder, on this podcast, the Preeminent Advisor podcast, we're always going to be discussing, Kathy, some of your great research that you have done with CEG Insights, uh, where you're really taking the most recent look at investor psyche, trends in the inner, in the industry, and really what's going on for preeminent advisors to have in their toolbox to know how do they need to capitalize on this information. And uh, again, here in a minute, we're going to jump into, you know, how how much money somebody has influences what they think is important. But to set this up again, it, give our listeners a reminder of who you studied in this this demographic. So who are we talking about when we're going to get a, an idea here of, you know, what they think is important? Sure. Um, so we go out into quote the field every few months and we do research, mostly online research with investors that have between $100,000 and $25 million of net worth. And those individuals respond and we sort of heavily weight it more towards people who have over a million dollars of assets because that's what in our financial advisors who are our primary customers are interested in. So it's really a, a panoply of individuals from 100,000 to $25 million. And today you'll see that we're talking about those different wealth segments and how they act differently. And you know, it's really hard to say somebody with $2.9 million acts a lot differently than the, somebody with $3.1 million, but you will you will see in the bigger scope of things that there are some obvious differences between how people react. Yeah. And why this is important to you as our, our listener, as, as, as an advisor, we we have a tendency to all look the same to, to clients. You know, we're always looking for a way to, to stand out. 
And it's just really important. And so often the reason that we look the same is because our message is the same and it tends to be based upon financial performance, investment management, a lot of nuts and bolts around the math. I guess it's just an easy way to put right. it, Kath. And yeah. one of the things that we can do with your research is we can actually take a step back and go from the mind of the investor, this is what they say is most important. This right. is how they're defining success. So let, let's craft our message. Let's craft our services. Or let's craft our value proposition in the context of what they're telling us matters, because that's what's going to make somebody a preeminent advisor and make them stand out. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that um, you'll see in some of our research, especially some of our upcoming research, is a lot of advisors offer the same services. So really, that difference is more of the I hate to say it, but the touchy feely sort of part of the overall service that you're providing. So for example, I was just thinking of myself, like one of the things that for me was always important was be able to provide lots of opportunities to my children as they were growing up. And right now, you know, one of my daughters in Italy doing a semester abroad and the ability for a financial advisor to know that that was important to me is a lot would make me much more loyal to that advisor than just to come back to me with, oh yeah, your overall rate of return was you know, X, Y, Z, and you're doing good. You know, it's more important to me that that person knows what's important as a personal goal to myself. So those are the things that are really appealing to individuals, even though they don't really know how to define it. Yeah. So let's jump into the the research here. And I guess just broad brush, uh, you know, paint the picture for us, you know, just the fact, Kathy, that you found there's different definitions for success based upon how much somebody's net worth is, you know, yeah, all the way, if somebody's got a hundred thousand all the way up to 25 million that changes along the way. What's yep. important to them. Right. Uh-huh. One of the questions that we asked recently was how did they define professional success? And I think that we have the data probably to show them, but if not, I can talk a little bit about it, but one of the most important things was feeling fulfilled and satisfied by my work. Now that was basically the most important thing for every investor was that that was how they define professional success, but it really varied by wealth level with 54.2%, more than half of those people who had a hundred thousand to $500,000 of net worth, defining it as being really important to them compared to only 43.5% of those individuals who had over had 10 to $25 million of net worth. So you can see they're, that really changes and it, it doesn't go up, you know, like it does, it's not stacked in the sense that every time somebody um, is a little bit wealthier, that it becomes less important, but you can see that for those with less net worth, it's generally more important to them to be fulfilled as well as it is to be um, wealthy, I guess. Um, but the second most important one, which I think is really interesting is being respected and respecting my colleagues and peers, which is much more important to those with more net worth 45% of those people compared to only 23% of those with less net worth. So, you know, there's lots of things you could hypothesize what the differences are. It could be the type of business that they're in. It could be, you know, for business owners who tend to be wealthier, it could be that they're looking more to be being respected by their peers. It could also be an age difference with younger people having less net worth at this time and not caring quite as much about their colleagues and peers as older individuals, but it's an interesting difference. And then the third one that's the most important is achieving a good work-life balance. 
which is important to more than a third of individuals. But you can see, if you can see the chart here, a lot of you can't, but 45% of those with 500, with 100,000 to $500,000 net worth define that as critically important compared to only 33% of those with over $10 million of net worth. So that's mm -hmm. a big difference. Um, and again, there are some differences based upon generations that are, that impact this, but um, basically for those with less net worth, being having a good balance between their work and their life is more important to them than, than achieving greater wealth, basically. So those are some of the, the most important ones. I think for those of you who can look at it, achieving high income or financial stability is important to 32% of those with 500, with less than 500,000 of net worth compared to only 26% of those who already have a high net worth. So there are definitely differences. Job security and stability is important to 40% of those with less net worth and only to 14% of those with a high net worth. But that could be, again, an age-based thing. Um, as well as a wealth-based issue. Yeah, great stuff. So let, let's dive in and talk uh, about a few of these. And what I really want to focus on with you, Kathy, is some of these areas where there was just a mark, a marked difference between what uh, people with under a million and then the higher net worth individuals said. Mm -hmm. And you know, you you mentioned that there was a when you asked the question, are you is do you define professional success as feeling fulfilled and satisfied by work? And also the question, achieving a good work-life balance. It was interesting that those with the most net worth rated that the lowest. And mm -hmm. But I have a hypothesis for that. I actually don't read too much into this one, Kathy, because it, other research would tell us that individuals that have 10 million or more in net worth, that nine times out of 10, that they're small business entrepreneurs and yeah. that that's how they've, they've got their money. And I think so often their identity is kind of just intricately linked with, with who they are as the business. So I, I yeah. think when they, when they answer this question, feeling full, you know, fulfilled and satisfied by work, you know, they're not to them. The, the business is just part of who they are. I don't think they're looking for this additional fulfillment in Second, I, I don't think they're looking, I think they just think it's part of their work-life balance. So I don't necessarily read too much into those two. Here's one, here's the one that was super interesting though, Kathy, to me, being respected and respected by your peers and colleagues, the high net worth, those with uh, 5 million to 10 million and then 10 million to 25 million significantly rank this as more yeah. important. Something's going on with this one. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'd know, be curious. What, what I have a hypothesis, but I. I okay, love, what's your hypothesis? <laughs> well, uh, my hypothesis is that um, there is a high level of respect uh, among successful entrepreneurs for other entrepreneurs. You see this in the explosion of the mastermind groups of the CEO coaching. Uh, th this is a group that very much seeks the counsel and the wisdom of others that they view as being economic or business peers, and that this is a significant finding, and that the the takeaway for financial advisors that want to be preeminent and want to serve this marketplace is that your ability to network 
and to have relationships, to do something as simple as having your own uh, annual business mastermind group where you might be able to have, you know, your business owner clients come in and have uh, somebody speak to them on, you know, different strategies and different things that are going on. This is a differentiator. These groups care about their peers. They care about people that are connected to their peers. And it's a real opportunity for advisors to form those relationships with like-minded business owners and, and, and really stand out. That's my hypothesis. <laughs> I think that's a great hypothesis. I like that one. Mine is a little bit more, you know, societal and like, well, now that we all work at home, we don't pay attention to each other anymore. So yeah. um, I like yours better. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the other, you know, one I wanted to dive into here, Kathy, where there was really a meaningful difference in how the different wealth levels answered this question was um, achieving a high income or financial stability those with, uh, you know, let's just call it under a million, significantly more important to right. them than to higher net worth individuals. Uh, having job security and stability, again, not surprising, significantly more important to lower net Absolutely. worth. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are important if you have clients like that, because they could be young people with a great potential future. So they're just as important as clients, as, yeah. your, as your wealthier clients. But that's something that they really are going to look to your counsel for and some good advice, both investment related, as well as probably career related. Yeah, the the, you know, advisors would really think about this again. If you if you want to move up market, you want to work with higher net worth clients. Again, if 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 your business has been built around serving the mass affluent, helping people save for retirement, reliability of income during retirement. These are all fantastic things. And if you've got the technical expertise to execute on that, you know, retirement income planning, that's that's great. But, you know, what this helps us realize is that's not a message that's likely going to resonate <laughs> if, if you're going to move up market and work with higher net worth clients. They're just not as concerned about it because they have the inherent uh, stability because of their net worth. So you're going to need a value proposition. You're going to you're going to need some skills. You're going to need some things in your toolbox that are just outside the realm of, you know, the story that's been effective in helping you work with mass affluent clients. Mm -hmm. uh, another one that's really interesting, Kathy, it, it, continuing to learn and develop professionally. And th this is exactly flipped backwards than what you yeah. would expect where it is the wealthiest segments that are saying this is important. And it's right. those with the least amount of net worth that, that rank it the lowest. Right. What's your hypothesis on what's going on with this one? Well, it, some of the skill sets of those people who are wealthier are people who always want to continue learning. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's an important um, value to understand for your wealthier clients is, you know, they're not necessarily happy with with what they know. They want to know more. They want to know what's deeper. They want to know the next thing. So I think that that's something that as an advisor, you need to realize that these wealthier clients are going to ask more questions. They're going to want to understand things more. They're going to be looking at other opportunities and trying to grow in lots of different ways. I think that that's probably a personality trait of successful entrepreneurs and people in the United States. Yeah. I, I think this one actually ties closely to why this group says that their peers 
and their colleagues respect is is so important to them because mm -hmm. they 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 have an insatiable appetite and again you see this in the explosion of these mastermind groups ceo groups they they have this built in i think you you hit it on the head it's just an inherent trait that they want to learn they want to grow they want to do more so they value opportunities to do that and they value the relationships that come out of that so again, a real lesson for financial advisors, preeminent advisors, you want to move up and work in this space, you know, your ability to connect, to connect uh, business owners and high net worth, uh, high net worth individuals to these environments where they can be exposed to peers and colleagues and they can learn. It, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge advantage uh, and opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Let's take a look here at, um, this was an interesting here. So how are advisors doing? How are advisors doing and being proactive? And you asked the different investor segments, you know, uh, how, how is your advisor doing and being proactive and giving you, you know, addressing changes, yep. giving you advice? So what did you find here? Well, overall, 81% of investors said that their advisors helps them to um, identify um, opportunities and address changes that will uh, impact their success. But there's really a skew in the information. Only 66% of those with um, 100 to 500 and 71% of those with 500 to 999,000 of net worth said that their advisor was proactively helping them compared to 87% of those with the highest net worth. So, you know, th that's not surprising. There's lots of ways to look at this. Um, Overall, and having been in the industry for a long time, it, it's obviously it's obvious that um, advisors pay more important, may pay more attention to their wealthier clients. So this kind of reflects that. Um, it may not be a good or bad thing. It just may be reality. Um, it's important that advisors continue to talk to their wealthiest clients. And clearly, some of the personality issues that we just talked about in the prior chart will make sure that they need to be on top of things and educating them. But at the same time, those investors with less than a million dollars net worth sometimes are the future, depending upon their age. So they could be the clients of the future. They could be your $10 million clients of the future. So those people, it's also important to be proactive and to be helping them with their goals. Because in a lot of cases, they have less knowledge or less abil ability to know how to move to the next level, which is something that they're probably looking for. So I look at this data and, you know, you're spot on uh, investors with under a million dollars don't get served at the same level that wealthier investors do. And this is basically saying three out of 10 investors with under a million dollars are saying my advisor's not not <laughs> coming to me proactively to help me out. Uh, but But what I really want our listeners to think about, the data is also saying two out of 10 of investors with asset with uh, yeah investable assets between a million and ten million are saying that their advisors aren't doing it. So yeah, they're they're being served one tenth of a percentage point you know better here in the in the study. Yeah. But what I want listeners to think about is moving up market is definitely possible. You know, we we tend to think that there's so much competition, or advisors tend to think there's so much competition for a million dollar client or a five million dollar client. Th this one million to ten million dollar market is massively underserved, 
And I mean, this data is just telling you two out of 10 people with between a million and $10 million are basically saying here, my advisor is not doing a good job for me right now. Right. <laughs> they're, they're not yeah, that's true. coming to me. And so, I mean, in reality, all yeah. of these should be 98%, you know? Yeah. And even the 10 to 25 million, one out of 10 is saying that. So, yeah. you know, this is just really a strategic um, you know, to be a preeminent advisor, play to win, it's just really a strategic decision to decide you're going to start to play in this marketplace, to associate yourself in the marketplace, to have services that are going to be attractive to this marketplace because they need it. They need it. They're not being served. And again, this is showing, you know, that there's there's opportunity here. And um, yeah, it's a really, really interesting finding. Uh, let's look now, Kathy. Oh, this is super interesting here. This this data that we're going to next. Uh, so here the the question was, who is contributing to your professional success? You know, who who are the key individuals, key relationships? And so, what walk us through what investors said here by wealth segment? Sure. So for almost every investor family was identified as the most important at 78%. And um, if you can look at the chart for, for almost every wealth segment, that's the most important. For some reason, those with 500,000 to 999,000 were a little bit higher than everybody else, but overall family's the most important. That's followed by friends at 32%. Um, the millennials basically, or the actually, sorry, the ones with um, 500,000 100,000 to 499,000 were a little bit higher to knowledge that their friends were important. Mentors are important. And it's interesting that 28.9% overall say mentors are important. But as you go up in net worth, you can see that mentors become even more important with um, basically 33% of those with over a million dollars saying important and 31% with those five to 10 and 30% of those with over 10 million. So mentors are very important to um wealthier investors. And then the other one that's really critical to look at is the primary advisor, the importance of the primary advisor. For those with only for less than $500,000, um, basically the primary advisor isn't playing a crucial role in helping them at all. And really until you get to those with over a million dollars, roughly a quarter of them will say that their primary advisor is important in helping them achieve, achieve success. And those numbers are just slightly higher for those with more net worth. So clearly the primary advisor for wealthier households is really make, making a difference. But then as Paul would say, only 25% of investors are saying that. So rough, really the primary advisor needs to be important, an important mentor for all of those wealth segments and really start to step in and kind of up the game. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. Is the question or was the question to him, which of these was the most important or did you just ask them about which each? one? Yeah, they just had to identify which ones played a critical role. Right. So they could and have so only 25 percent said that the, the primary advisor was. Yeah. Was it an open was it an open ended question or was no, they, they would have been asked all of these groups? All of these groups would have been listed and they just had to check them off. Yeah, that, that is interesting. So. The, the two that stand out here, uh, and this just continues the theme of, of what I think this data is telling us for this particular podcast, is if you look at how these groups ranked um, mentors and primary advisors, 
you would again make the art you you're you know your your kind of back of the napkin thought process would be those with the least amount of wealth need these relationships the most mm -hmm. and those with the most need them the least and therefore would appreciate them the least it's exactly the opposite yep it is it's the three million and up saying my mentors are important to me my it's the three million and up saying it's my primary financial advisor that is really contributing to to this and so again it's it's telling us that for these you know higher net worth individuals that they value these relationships they value the mentors they they value these mastermind groups they value these connections very very highly and they're also much more likely to listen to advice and value, you know, uh, financial professionals. And I know this as primary advisor in the sense of, um, you know, the wealth manager, but th this group equally appreciates a good accountant, a good, <laughs> a good yeah. tax attorney, all of that type of stuff. They're willing to, to pay up for it. So, you yeah. know, really, really interesting finding. Yeah, I would argue that all of these people should have checked their primary advisor as somebody critical in helping them achieve achieve success. So the fact that it's only 25% is really disappointing, I would think. Yeah, there's room for improvement. There's room yeah. for improvement big time. All right, investor goals in place. So this, I guess, tell us about this finding and I guess exactly frame up what the actual question was here and, and then the result. So- Really, one of the things that this study was focusing on was how are investors, how are advisors rather helping investors to achieve their goals? And one of the most important things was helping them to put in place different types of plans. So um, this particular question was, um, how, have I understood what your, your goals are so that we can put in, in place some kind of plan? So um, as you can see, it's interesting that health and fitness goals were the things that most investors had in place already. So they knew what their goals were. I wish my health and fitness goals were as um, <laughs> right out there as these people think that theirs are. But 66, basically two thirds of people say their health and fitness goals are in place. They know what they want as far as health and fitness. Um, I don't know if mine maybe are, maybe uh, make it to my next year. I don't know, but some people are really dedicated to that. Um, work life and balance goals, however, were the second most important at 41% to having, having those work life balance goals in place. And they were particularly important to those with less than a million dollars of net worth. So that's more than half of people with um, less than a million dollars of net worth say that they have in place their work life balance goals. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Um, Career goals, this same group having their career goals in place was also important to them with almost a third, basically a third of that under million group saying they have their career goals in place. Now, again, this could go partly to the age of some of these individuals and why certain things are more important to them. But it also points out that so younger households tend to be less wealthy and the, and the overall, the um data would show you that. However, there are a lot of millennials that are in the 10 million plus group, but there are also even more in the less than a million dollars net worth category still. So they are still at the place in their lives where they're trying to put into place their, their career goals, but they're also to that particular generation, those younger people 
work-life balance is incredibly important. So advisors need to be able to understand that as they're talking to them about, you know, it's not like they're going to say to them, you need to work 60, 70 hours a week, <laughs> because for a lot of people in the younger generations, that's just not something that's important to them. So all of these types of goals and how you help people put in place these, what, what their goals are, help them to define their goals is really an important part of their overall planning. Yeah. This just speaks to the growing importance that pre, if someone's going to be a preeminent advisor, play to win, be a leader, you know, really, really serve their clients, the incorporation of these, I call them the periphery wealth issues, health being the primary one. And mm -hmm. we can just see here how much this resonates with individuals that, you know, their, their health and fitness goals that they're on track and, you know, that, that behind the scenes, their wealth is being used to actually accomplish these, you know, these things, it, it, you know, the, the advisor's understanding of this and the role that they play is, is just increasing to increasing in importance. Yep. I mean, there may be things that are important to these, this younger generation. For example, I, there are a lot of people in the town where I live that their goal is to climb 20 of the 14,000 foot peaks, right? But to be able to do that, you have to be able to budget to be able to get to those places. You have to be able to, to get the training and those things. So those things are just as important to these individuals as making sure that their retirement plan is, is or retirement fund is as large as can be. So that's a new thing that advisors need to work at. There's things that people want to achieve before retirement as well. So that's a, it's a different kind of mind frame. Yeah. So let's, Let's turn this great, great research. I mean, so cool. Some really, really interesting stuff here. Let's let's make it actionable, Kathy. And what what are some of the main takeaways for advisors to capitalize on this? Uh, number one, this is a, a a continuing recommendation on these pod, on these this podcast series. The importance of the deep discovery with your your clients to understand how they define success. What are the goals? What are the values? And outside of just the investments and the numbers relating to that, what are the health and wellness objectives? What are the important family relationships? What's the work-life balance? Because what individuals are looking for, especially the higher net worth individuals, is they're looking for guidance and leadership and wisdom with how they can use their wealth in the context of, of being successful in these other areas. And you know, th this one surrounding health is just screaming. <laughs> Every time I see data, it's just, you know, screaming from the top of the charts. Um, it, it, let me just tell you what I've seen some advisors do. I, I've seen a number of advisors form relationships with personal trainers, concierge doctors, and, you know, just have a mechanism to introduce some of their clients to individuals that can make their health and wellness goals easier to achieve. Mm -hmm. It's a huge benefit and uh, you know a, a huge tool to have in the toolbox uh, when you're making yourself stand out to really be able to serve yep. net worth clients. Number two, for individuals, especially Kathy, in this uh, you know five million to $25 million range to serve them, it's important that uh, financial advisors that are playing to win and preeminent advisors 
are building a network to collaborate with other professionals. So right. it's great, it's great, Kathy, to provide comprehensive wealth management, but the ability to have a best-in-class CPA, a best-in-class estate planning attorney, uh, a personal trainer, a concierge doctor, you know, a, a network of individuals that you can informally collaborate with. Some advisors set this up and, you know, they call it a virtual family office, but where you can connect your clients that you're serving to, you know, these tremendous uh, other professionals in their fields. We see that the affluent, the more affluent individuals desire that and they appreciate it. They, they, mm -hmm. they appreciate the expertise. They appreciate introduction to to peers. It's something that they highly, highly value. The structure that I have seen really work, Kathy, and that I you know, would highlight is a number of advisors have set up something called a professional network. And so they, they will have on this professional network team, usually a go-to CPA, a go-to uh, attorney, a go-to property and casualty specialist, and then as needed, you know, experts in different fields. But what they'll do is they'll do a deep discovery with their client. They'll go through, find out, you know, everything that's important to them, wealth related, outside wealth related. Yeah. But then they'll sit down once a quarter with their uh, professional network and they'll just go over that case. They'll go over that file and that's great. Get, get the CPA's perspective. What might we be doing different here? Get the attorney's perspective. What might we do different? Insurance, what do you think? And as you can imagine, they come up with tremendous ideas that can then be taken back to, you know, to the individual. And, you know, this idea of collaborating with a team of experts through a professional network or a virtual family office, tremendous value proposition to this five to $25 million market. And so I, I was awesome. really... I would really encourage advisors to think about that positioning and, you know, setting up that structure. Because that's really what investors want. They don't know how to articulate that, but that's really what they want. Yeah. So, Kathy, uh, again, thank you for such awesome research in this area uh, surrounding, you know, the wealth levels and what they say is important. Any concluding or parting words for our listeners today? No, I think that that's great. I mean, your tips are really spot on to be able to meet the needs of these um, investors that are out there. And it's really important to understand what they want, not just financially, but deep down. So I think that that will get at it. So for those that are interested in a copy of this uh, research that we discussed today on how uh, wealth level is influencing uh, how individuals define success, go to HTTPS colon backslash backslash cegwin.com backslash podcast. For those on the visual feed, I've just thrown that up on the screen so you can check that link out there. Well, Kathy, that will wrap us for today. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, talk with you about this great research and I look forward to talking to you next time. Great. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.